The Real Estate You Podcast with Letty Ann. Hi there, Letty Ann here. Welcome back to Real Estate You with Letty Ann. I'm honored to have Brad Barker back on our show today. Welcome, Brad. Thank you. Good to be here, Letty Ann. Awesome. So Brad is the Director of Education at Career Education Systems. Uh, their office and business is located here in the metropolitan area. If you're getting a Kansas or Missouri license, any other state, Brad, or still just Kansas and Missouri? Kansas, Missouri, just those two states. Kansas and Missouri. So, uh, so many pivoting, right? Pivoting. You've had to pivot with your business for the pre-license classes. You now have, what's the, what's the ratio of those coming into, to the classroom now, Brad, uh, compared to those taking online courses, where are you more heavy? Good question. On the classroom courses for the pre-license classes, most people still prefer to come to the pre-license class so they can ask questions. They have a test to take. There's a bit of nervousness and anxiousness as far as passing the examination. And so I would say roughly we're 80% of our people will probably come to the pre-license class uh, versus maybe 20% do it online. Online is still a viable option. Uh, For continuing education classes, we probably have a higher ratio of people who do it online. Um, just for easiness sake to, to retain their license, you know, maybe 30% or uh, slightly upwards probably do the online. Uh, but for the pre-license, we have it available either way. And it, it's interesting, Lydian, there's really no difference in passing rate. Whether you come to the classroom course or take it online, a uh, passing rate is about the same. Uh, most people are, are under the impression that the classroom course, we'd probably have a higher passing rate than online, but that really has... Um, you know, across the country, quite frankly, over the years, that is, that has not been shown to be true. So that and you're reading my mind because that was my next question in my mind. Well, I'm a classroom uh, gal. I don't I like the other distractions. So, uh, you know, I'm front row. My husband makes fun of me. I bet you sit in the front row. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, but that was I was curious if there was a difference. But I love that you clarify whether you take an online course through careereducationsystems.com or if you go to their classroom, uh, you're going to get the same, uh, it's the same pass rate. So good to know that. Um, I also want to boast anyone with a real estate license out there for continuing education during the stay-at-home order, and your your classrooms were closed during that time, Brad. Uh, I did secure all of my CE classes um, through several, and I even um, secured a few more than was actually required because I found the courses to be so beneficial. And you're kind of funny. <laughs> I try. Thank you, Lydia. <laughs> it's good to hear. <laughs> You don't uh, hire yeah. a realtor. You don't go to a doctor. It's realtor, uh, exactly. doctor. Uh, I I recorded that and put it on Instagram. I think it's hilarious because it's true. <laughs> so, just for clarification, what's the correct pronunciation, Brad? That's a good question. Here, uh, actually, I got corrected in class the other day, Lady Anne, on this. So I have to backtrack a little bit. I mean, for years, the joke is realtor is a two-syllable word. It is not a three-syllable word. We are, we're not realtors. We are realtors. However, I had somebody look up on their phone in class the other day that the word real is actually a two-syllable word. And my first response was, maybe if you're from Arkansas, but not for most of us. But anyway, because I'm from Arkansas. Uh, but anyway, if real is a two-syllable word, I guess realtor could be three syllables. So quite frankly, uh, Lady Ann, either way works these days. Real. Real. 
I don't see real, real, real. Oh, yes. right, I see. So maybe if you have a little southern draw or something. It's okay, it's for the southern stage. You got it. You I'm, got it. I'm still gonna say realtor because uh, it just Me sounds too. like you put a you know little exclamation point on the end, right? Uh, exactly. So uh, we are post election, and um, what are you? No, no, we have an inventory problem. I'm not going to say yeah. it's a problem. It's not a problem. We have an inventory shortage. We have a shortage exactly. of inventory. And if you're a buyer who's lost out on several homes in an effort and in a, in a, in an attempt to secure a property, you, you may be feeling like it's a problem. Um, but with Brad, with inventory being so low and buyer demand still so high, now this has been trending. This has been trending for the past two years. Is that right? Actually, it's been trending, believe it or not, for the past four years, Letty Ann, as far okay. as the low inventory. It's been about four years. It's been a long time. And what I was wanting to emphasize, it's not pandemic-specific or corona-specific. It's not yeah. – uh, it's – I would say that's added to this the shortage. Would you agree? I'm not sure the pandemic has had any uh, – I shouldn't say this maybe, but I'm not sure I've seen that having a, a huge effect as far as inventory – and on the inventory, we're also talking about the traditional starter homes, you know, in, in the 150 to 250 range here in the Kansas City area. If you're talking about a $500,000 house, that's more of a normal market. Basically, Lady Ann, a six-month supply of inventory is kind of where we'd like to be at, whereby where both buyers and sellers have equal footing on negotiating and things like that. Uh, we're at about a two-month inventory overall. Uh, in Kansas City. And we've been about at this two-month level, like I said, for the past three to four years. And most of that came, quite frankly, from the Great Recession of 2008 to 2012. A lot of builders really suffered during that time frame and simply went into the remodeling business because uh, they kind of lost too much money trying to build spec homes and things like that. So when the economy started to pick back up in 2013, and it has the last six, seven years has been pretty good, uh, new home construction never picked up along with the rest of the economy. Uh, plus the fact that building supplies and so forth are, are much more expensive than they used to be as well. So you really can't build, for the most part, a brand new $200,000 house. Um, you know, it's typically three hundred and up, just rough numbers, granted. And so because of that, a lot of millennials buying for the first time are having a hard time finding a house to buy. And like I said, it's been this way for three or four uh, years now. So the problem is this, if you want to wait till next year and think it'll be better, Eventually, we will come out of this. Uh, eventually, houses are being built. We're having more subdivisions. A lot of builders are, are doing their best to create the inventory. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit of time to work away out of this. Now, the positive is interest rates still should remain uh, low. They're historically low right now, pretty much, 25 2.75% on 30-year fixed. Never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Uh, so the outlook from what I hear and read with all of the um, you know, people in the know, the economists and so forth out of Washington, D.C. and the real organization tend to think the next couple of years ought to be plenty good uh, for the real estate market. It's just a matter of getting some more inventory going, which eventually will happen. But it's like anything else, Letty Ann, the old adage of the best time to buy real estate was five years ago still comes into mind. If you want to wait till we're out of this low inventory shortage, if your rent for the next three or four years I'm not sure that's going to get you where you need to be either. Right. And let's just uh, turn this to number of persons 
getting a license and then we have the what you just said uh the shortage of inventory uh, how is that affecting those getting you know coming to pre-license class and those actually getting licensed Does good question this year has been really good as far as numbers of, of real estate people obtaining a license coming through our classes uh, i dare say that's across the country uh, we work with schools uh, across the country who use our materials quite frankly and their numbers have been really good as well. And so we have just seen that it's a really, really good real estate market right now. Uh, lots of deals being made. But I would just say this, as far as getting a license, when is a good time to get a license? It really doesn't matter as far as the economy, because real estate deals are always made. Then Ann, just from a historical perspective, I got my license back in 1979. And in 1980 to 82, we had the recession. Interest rates were literally on mortgages, 18 and 19% interest. And that's when a lot of agents just went by the wayside because times were tough. But yet we realized how to do owner financing. We learned how to do contract for deeds. Uh, my father had a, a broker's franchise back then, as a matter of fact, and his best years were 1980 to 82 because there are still deals to be had. It's just you have to learn to really work at it. And so whether it's a, a good time for real estate, like, like right now, it's a really good time to get a license and deals are being made. Even during the, the down times, the great recession of 08 to 012, there were still deals to be made. Agents still made money. Uh, we just learned how to do short sales. And for a lot of agents, 40% of their business ended up being short sales as opposed to, to normal sales. And so it's always a good time to get a real estate license. Uh, a lot of people have been thinking about it for years. And so I wouldn't look at the market necessarily. It's just a matter of, uh, I want to get my license and get started. And there are always deals and always money to be made for sure. So in the reset, you know, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, yes. and, and plus talking about short sales, now fast forward to today, uh, are you seeing more equity in a person's home than ever before? That been compared to that time for sure. There's no doubt uh, as far as that is concerned. It's uh, the issue of my oldest son, for example. Uh, he was a renter, renter of mine, as a matter of fact, about five five years ago, and he's in his mid-20s, and I convinced him to buy a house, and he was scared like a lot of millennials are, scared of the mortgage process, 30-year loans, all those kind of things. I kind of convinced him to buy a house. But the nice thing about real estate and, and getting a license is we help people achieve dreams uh, by being able to get them into real estate. Um, again, for millennials especially, the biggest wealth builder for most of us in this country is buying real estate and buying a house. Uh, there are other avenues, of course, but for generally speaking, that's just a good way to go. The point is, five years later, it's been a good five years, granted, the last five years, Lady Ann, uh, but my son's dream has always been to buy some acreage and have some uh, some farm animals, some goats and chickens and Kind of ha has children kind of raised on a, a 10 acre plot of land. And he's going to be able to do that, uh, as a matter of fact, simply because he was able to buy a house five years ago. And the same cash outlay he was paying me in rent is the exact same cash outlay he's had on the house. The difference is he's got 60, 70,000 bucks of equity. He can now buy the property he's always wanted to buy. If he had stayed renting from me for the last five years, he would be in no position to do that. So that's the nice thing about real estate. And that's the fun part of it is helping people achieve their dreams and invest in real estate and, and see nice things come to fruition for these folks. And education is key. So you 
real estate guru of Kansas City for decades and decades, Brad, and your son still hesitant and nervous, which is normal. It's very normal. But I mean, if, if, if you, Brad, were assisting him with the purchase, and plus you know all the ins and outs of a real estate transaction, and yet he's still nervous, my point is uh, education is key. It, and I try to convey that we are not just, hey, are you ready to buy? Hey, are you going to sell something this year? It's not that. It's creating relationships, providing value, helping them with their homework, helping those who are curious about the market, should we buy, should we sell, in their research phase, right? So it's not a one and done or are you going to buy or not. It is a process. And I think we need to, as real estate professionals, look at ourselves as real estate consultants, uh, a, a real estate um counselor, if you will. So we're here to help you answer your questions. So you, not you, Brad, but you, the consumer, can make an educated, uh, honest decision when it comes to, yes, I think this might be a good time for us to sell. I didn't realize I had that much equity in the house. I never knew our home was worth that in today's market. Would you agree? Absolutely. That is very well put, Lenny Ann. We have these discussions in CE classes many times as far as should we in real estate, when people hire us to be their agent, should we counsel them on these issues? And my thought process is, well, absolutely. That's why they hired you. If they could figure all this stuff out themselves, we, you and I would not have a job. And so the idea is sure. They don't necessarily understand all the pros and the cons and what they can and can't do. And so uh, I, I think very much so uh, that is what we need it to be is to explain things. And the, most people say, oh, I just never knew. I'd have known that earlier. I, I I certainly would have changed my position on things. I think I maybe have told you before, I had a gentleman in my class, 30 years old, just bought his first home. And he went to the lender. He was scared to death of the lender lending issue, but he went to a lender and he was a bartender making good money. And he's been a bartender for like eight years. And the lender said, you've been making this kind of money for the past eight years? And the guy said, yeah. And the, and the lender said, you should have come to me eight years ago. I'd have made you loan eight years ago. You could have been buying a house building equity as opposed to paying rent for eight, eight years. And he just mentioned to me in class, he goes, I just never knew. And I think that speaks to what you just talked about in real estate. It's a process. It's a counseling session. Uh, a lot of people are just scared of the process. But once they do it, they realize, well, gee, should have done this a long time ago. Absolutely. I think people are also, consumers are also afraid to start a dialogue with someone who has a license because we're just perceived, and I want to change that and put the word professional back in real estate professional. Um, yes. We are here to help you, um, but they're afraid to talk to us because uh, they think we're going to hound them to death. Well, you said you were going to buy. Why, why aren't you buying this year? Well, you know what, consumer, if you are speaking to a licensed person who is putting that pressure on you, find somebody else. And I strongly right. encourage you hire a full-time real estate professional, a real estate uh, consultant to help you make those life-changing decisions. I mean, moving is a life-changing decision. It's your biggest yeah. asset. Why would you leave in the hands of uh, your brother's sister's boyfriend's friend who drives an Uber most of the time, nothing wrong with Uber, love Uber, but who, who only has two transactions a year? They're, they're not going to be savvy on the strategy. Would you agree, Brad, whether you're buying or you're selling, it's strategy that matters today. 
Well, it does. It, it does entirely. And the idea of hiring a professional, and I would agree if somebody's pressuring you, well, that's not what we do. Right. Uh, not everyone really should buy a house, Letty Ann. You know, in our country, about 65% of us own our own home. About 35% rent our own property. And that's okay. Um, I, yeah, I do think ultimately that buying a home is one of the best things most of us can do, but it's not for everybody. So if an agent is, is pressuring you, well, that's not necessarily a, a good thing to be involved with. My youngest son, is, as a matter of fact, uh, has not bought a house yet. He's 29, but uh, he's looking for a career in music and in the musical theater opera kind of world. And he bounces around from city to city and he's not married and has no children, not sure where he's gonna settle. He doesn't necessarily need to buy a house right now. And so for an agent to pressure him into buying a house would not make much sense, considering six months from now, he's gonna move to New York once the pandemic's over and try to make a music career. And so it should not be a pressure situation. It should be, let's look at the possibilities, what's good for you in your life right now, uh, and, and, and go from there. I think too many licensed persons are focused on the next transaction and not the relationship. Um, I hear you. It's uh, and it's unfortunate because we are in the relationship business and we can't counsel and help others who are considering something and helping them with their homework and their research phase if you're only in it for the transaction. So if you if you're in it for the money and the transaction, don't get a real estate license. That my, that's my advice, not Brad's. But Brad would say, "Come get a license anyway, right, Brad?" <laughs> you know, and take your I, classes at Career Education Systems. <laughs> that's right. Two things I will point out: you, you are exactly right. It is a relationship. It's a long-term issue. Agents who are cutting corners to make one deal will not last. Uh, not at all. It is uh, a commitment. Your reputation—it's a reputation business. What you do in, in, on this deal will affect you ten years from now. And so, yes, by all means, but Ann, uh, I certainly will second what you just said about that. As far as being a license, I've had many people who have come through my class and I'll see them down the road five or 10 years at a restaurant, Lady Ann or whatever, because I've taught over 100,000 people that all these years I've been doing this, so I know a lot of folks. And they'll come up to me and many times they'll say, you know, Brad, real estate just wasn't the career for me. But I tell you what, I so, I'm glad that I took that class just to learn the basics of real estate for my personal issues and personal deals. I understand so much more about it. So uh, I do think that just having a broad base of real estate knowledge is pretty good for the vast majority of us in this country. That's a very good point because it's extremely educational. And I think well, more than more, I think you're the director there. People get real estate licenses for different reasons. And it's not maybe just to sell homes. There's a copious amount of other reasons people might sure. get a real estate license. Um, and we just have a few minutes left, Brad, but sure. uh, we'll always need food, shelter, and water. So yes. when you said there will always be transactions, there will always be transactions uh, because we all need a roof over our head and we need to correct the size and um, and maybe we have to move. So that's always going to be happening. And I think so many people now and always are also thinking about maybe I should get a real estate license. So in just the final minute we have, Brad, for anyone out there listening to this who has considered getting a license, what advice do you give them um, besides my advice of going to career education systems. If you don't say this, I'll say this for you, Brad. Highest pass rate in the city on both the Kansas and Missouri side. Is that right, Brad? 
That is right. Appreciate that, Letty. Yeah. So those listening who might want to get a license, uh, what what advice do you have for them, Brad? Good, good, good question here. Uh, hopefully that they will come through career education systems. For the past 40 years, month in, month out, we've had the highest passing rate in both Kansas and Missouri. So we'll do an excellent job for you there. And uh, in addition to that, I think that they need to, like you talked about earlier, just talk to some people and get educated. Talk to some brokers. Talk to a large brokerage company, a small brokerage company, maybe a franchise company, maybe a non-franchise company, and, and get a feel for is this going to be the business for them? Uh, because it's not for everybody. A lot of people have been thinking about this for years and years, but I think just educate yourself, talk to some folks. Brokers are always looking to bring on uh, people, good people. I can assure you of that. So it, it's a great time uh, to look into this and educate yourself and, and get some ideas about maybe starting a real estate career. And you're looking at one of those broker owners of an independent boutique office who's always looking for talent and always looking for those with uh, a service, uh, customer-driven heart. So, Brad Barker, thank you so much for being here today. It's great seeing you. We met in 1992, and um, our, we, we just keep getting stronger, and um, I'm always uh, happy to get to know you better. Thanks, thanks for being my friend and my mentor, and um, I just uh, can't say enough good things about you, Brad. Well, thank you. Likewise, you are a success story, Lady Anna, and I'm very proud of you and all you do accomplish as well. I always appreciate working with you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. I look forward to seeing you again soon. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate You with Letty Ann. We'll see you on the next one. 